Section nine of a short description of Tor Abbey by Hugh Robert Watkin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Norman Aula. The east wall of the cemetery terminates at its south end against, but is not built into, the north wall of a ruined building. The significance of this fact is that the building was there before the wall was erected. The enclosure of the cemetery, as we learn from the records of Dryburgh Abbey, was one of the first duties of the canons. From the material and nature of the cemetery wall of Tor Abbey, there is no reason to doubt that it dates from the foundation of the abbey. The adjoining building is therefore older than the abbey. The position of this east aller or hall, as proved by recent investigation and shown in the plan, was altogether out of alignment with the walls of the adjoining monument room and rest of the abbey, but was parallel with the series of buildings on the west side, which we have just considered. The very ancient-looking cross walls, with round archways, only descend some six inches under the surface, and are comparatively modern. Only the north wall and the north end of the east wall of the old building remain above ground. A cornice or inside string course of stone suggests that the room was fourteen feet high. The north wall contained a window seven feet wide, the sill of which must have been ten feet above the level of the floor. Excavation to a depth of six feet showed that a quantity of boulders had been laid in the ground, and the north wall, although three feet three inches thick, was strengthened inside as well as out by additional buttresses two feet thick, thus forming masonry over seven feet in thickness to carry a wall fourteen feet high. These precautions were explained by the nature of the subsoil, which, though now quite dry, was doubtless once saturated with water. The site has now for centuries been drained by a well which adjoins this building. The well is thirteen feet deep from the ledge and contained, when measured, during the exceptional drought of the autumn, 1906, water to the depth of six and a half feet. This level was just below that of the floor of the aula. In August 1909, some seven feet of water were pumped out of the well and the clay bed examined. The water enters the well at the lowest point from the north side in three small streams. Excavation outside the well, to the north of the buttress, revealed a drain just below the level of the aula floor, which formerly carried the overflow from the well. The masonry now rises nine feet above this level. This, and the fact that the old drain has now no connection with the well, shows the masonry of the well, which is uniform, to have been entirely reconstructed, probably when the ruins were first converted into a private residence subsequent to 1662. In the masonry of the east wall can be traced a window, now filled in measuring four feet three inches inside with an outside width of three feet the height inside was ten feet the sill four feet from the ground the jamb of another window is shown in the end of the existing piece of wall a third window probably occupied a corresponding position further down the wall 
there was no doorway in either the east side or the north wall the gap has been broken through but on the west side it was possible to trace a splayed doorway which has been filled in with masonry of probably the same date as the addition to this building on the south side a projecting ledge of masonry one foot in width and the same distance from the ground as in the abbey church doubtless formed the foundation for a seat on each side of the hall returning to the south end of this building almost on the site where a small arbour of iron trellis work now stands was a tower in the end of the orla this tower had fallen or been demolished before the wing was added as that part of the tower represented by the dotted lines was removed to make room for the new building the floor of this wing was found to be four feet ten inches below the present surface and at a depth of six feet four inches or eighteen inches below that floor a well-worn pebbled roadway four and a half feet wide was discovered which originally led through the basement of the tower into the orla beyond a rough stairway from the floor of the wing over the demolished east side of the tower covered a still older ruined staircase which originally led from the pebbled roadway into the turret in the wall the blackened condition of the masonry of this turret and the discovery of the ash pit of a stove on the other side of the pebbled way showed that the remains of the tower had been used as a chimney much of the material which covers the original floor level to a depth of six feet four inches and on which we now stand consists of the fallen debris of this wing which probably fell soon after the dissolution of the abbey for what purpose it was used the presence of the stove would perhaps suggest distillery or brewery the older main building with end tower termed throughout the aula has in many features the proportions of a church and were it not that the position is north northwest by south southeast it might well be the original church of the holy saviour on the site of which the founder william brewer stipulated that the abbey was to be built the presence of the associated buildings on the west inclines us to the opinion that this building on the east adjoining a fresh water supply was a norman orla protected on the west by gatehouse and moat on the south and southeast by impassable swamps and on the north by a wall a remnant of which stands by the present entrance to the grounds and that the abbey church was in reality built on the site of a former sacred edifice perhaps as many of the saxon churches were of wattle and mud dugdale with what authority is not known mentions the probability that william brewer was born at tor if there is any truth in this statement this norman orla was the family home and birthplace of the founder of tor abbey the infirmary of this building nothing remains above ground the mulberry tree nearly six feet in circumference now growing over the foundation of the east wall of the infirmary was planted in eighteen twenty six the foundations running north south behind the infirmary are of late date 
and these walls were badly constructed of material taken from an older building the barn the so-called spanish barn undoubtedly dates from the earliest days of the abbey transepts to north and south formed a way through which the largest wagon could be drawn to be unloaded within the barn the walls three feet thick are strengthened on each side by ten buttresses three similar supports being built to each end the inside measurements of this spacious garner are one hundred and nineteen feet long by twenty-eight feet wide about two-thirds of the length of the barn from the east end has been floored over to form a second story and cover the stabling and coach-house beneath originally the garner was open from floor to roof the timber framework of the roof is apparently only the second the barn has had in the seven hundred years of its existence originally there were twelve ribs as shown by the recesses for the beam rests in the wall and the corresponding number of buttresses outside the slated roof is now carried by seventeen ribs of what is reputed to be spanish chestnut the wood is exceedingly hard and the whole roof is fastened together by wooden pins the beams in the roof of westminster abbey were long thought to be of chestnut but were proved by dr lindley to be of dermast oak a solid block darkened with age fills the space of the original beam rest in the northeast corner this is more like oak and may be the only piece of the first roof left the name spanish barn is undoubtedly derived from the fact that three hundred and ninety-seven prisoners from the galleon capitana commanded by don pedro de valdez captured from the spanish armada and brought into torbay on the twenty sixth of july fifteen eighty eight were incarcerated in this building while the vessel was being dismantled from the account in white's history of torquay the prisoners appear to have been kept here for two or three weeks when they were separated five of the principal prisoners were sent to the lord lieutenant who committed them to the town prison of exeter one hundred and sixty-six probably the more dangerous were put back on board and taken with the capitana on the twenty-eighth of august to dartmouth where they were employed on sir john gilbert's estate at greenway two hundred and twenty-six including the boys and sixty-one sailors were put in the bridewell in a subsequent letter dated fourteenth of october termed our house of correction near the city of exeter as the number is then mentioned as two hundred and eleven it is presumed that fifteen had succumbed from these figures it will be seen that certainly on this occasion no massacre or death from starvation in the barn as has been surmised took place there is no recent record of human bones having been found in the immediate neighbourhood of the barn to justify belief in the massacre the tradition concerning which is recorded in a letter written by a visitor to the abbey about the year seventeen seventy eight and mentioned by white a round shot found in trenching north of the barn 
is now among the relics in the museum of the torquay natural history society the arms of tor abbey carved on a square stone formerly surmounted the gabled transept on the north side encaustic tiles these fragments of the chancel floor are the only pieces with armorial designs found during the original excavations three pieces show well the six fleur-de-lis of bylie abbey essex founded sixteen years before tor what is more remarkable three chevrons the arms of the abbey of tongaloo in belgium one of the earliest foundations of the order in eleven twenty eight and still flourishing are clearly to be traced on a similar shield in two other places the pastoral staff pattern is rather an ornamental device than an attempt to depict the arms of tor abbey it is thought that many such fragments must have been found during the investigations of the reverend McEnery, mentioned by blewett all account of which is unfortunately lost the pieces here illustrated are through the kindness of colonel carey in the care of the torquay natural history society end of section nine end of a short description of tor abbey torquay devonshire by hugh robert watkin 1809-1892